Be It As You Believe by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Let us begin by reading Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. When time runs out and there is no more warning and coaxing to repent. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. This is a time when all has been decided. That day is approaching quickly, and this scripture will soon be fulfilled. It will then be too late to change. Even those born again, perhaps even spirit-filled ones that are busy in the world and caught up in the activity of its systems, will not have enough truth in them to shine their way to Christ's victory. It will be like the parable of the virgins for them. Matthew chapter 25 verses 6 through 13 And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. How frightening would that be, if not ready? Then all those virgins, meaning they are the born-again, spirit-filled, arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish, ones that were caught up in the world, said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. It's too late. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Wouldn't that be frightening too? Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he, Jesus, answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. They do not have time for a real relationship. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jude chapter 1 verse 5 But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, symbolic of the world, afterward destroyed those who did not believe, Using plagues, miracles of all kinds, God set old Israel free only to have them fall backwards at Sinai, lose their trust in those he led them through, and finally even lost belief in him. In both scenarios, he discarded and destroyed those that did not believe. So let us look at who and where we personally are today. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 tells us, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. There are so many snares Satan has built into the world's culture to destroy belief in God. For instance, as secularism continues to grow, taking the position that religious beliefs or God's will should not influence government, a complacent attitude towards God has evolved. Sometimes a total rejection of the Lord, plus the world systems no longer reflect God's will at all. Did you know man actually caused the root of all of this many years ago? First Samuel chapter 8 verse 6 
shows us what happens when people ignore their Creator and choose to trust in man. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Samuel was God's high priest and prophet, taught, trained, and chosen by him to teach and guide his people. But they wanted to be like the world and have a king. 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 7 shows how the Lord felt about this. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. How sad is this, and oh, how man has paid a price for this folly. God warned them of the very things we are seeing today in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 9-18. through 18. Now therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them, and show them the behavior of the king, who will reign over them. Mankind operating through their own power and intellect will always be prideful and self-serving. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. This king will not mind a bit taking the nation's youth to fight his battles. And he will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties, will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, made them servants, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. They will not work according to the gifting of God within them, but at the king's appointment. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, Women were treated at his whim also, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. Different classes of people came about this way. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage, God's share, and give it to his officers and servants. The best will always go to those favored by the king, and he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. All will be in his control. And he will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. Be taxed. And you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. This is pretty much where we are now. Because of all that has happened over and over in the world, through mismanagement and wrong knowledge, many have become complete atheists, those that do not believe in the existence of any deities. They do not acknowledge God or Satan. The world has had too many problems, too much heartache, and all blamed for the most part on God. How sad, when man himself was at fault. For those disillusioned ones, God no longer exists and they have left everything in the hands of men to rule and remedy intellectually the world's problems. Man's intellect, however, has resulted in other beliefs, such as agnosticism, claiming proof of God or the supernatural is not possible for human reasoning to understand. They say there is not enough evidence to prove or disprove God's existence. You know... When we were toddlers, we did not understand our parents, but they nevertheless were very real. 
Well, so is God. This is the awful state of many, many people, however, since the removal of God's government and lack of guidance through His priesthood with only the world to guide and teach them. They have been blinded to the knowledge of God. The world's church with leadership hired by man has not helped the situation either with its hypocrisy and lack of moral standards, driving God's people away and, as stated before, leaving the church blaming God. Everyone that fits into the categories of doubt and unbelief should fear. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 Whose minds the God of this age, Satan, has blinded who do not believe, because he gives wrong knowledge, shaping them to suit his pleasure, crushing hope in God. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan does not want those he has successfully entangled in the world to see their way out. The Lord tells us these blinded ones are not to be companions of God's family. Their perspective on life will weaken and taint the thinking of the children of God, robbing them of their own faith and belief. Even those enmeshed in the world that call themselves Christians but are caught up in the world society are not fit companions. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 16. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Those that walk rebelliously in the works of the flesh, for instance, are a part of the wrong body. And what communion has light with darkness? They serve the wrong kingdom. And what accord has Christ with Belial, or the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? The unbeliever will exalt the works of the flesh. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Idols are all the worldly things man sees as important to him, but found in the world, not created by God. For you, personally, are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. He will not dwell in an unclean home. He will not live in a vessel that is not circumcised from Satan's world nor will there be protection for them from his judgment and righteous wrath on the day of reckoning or judgment day. This planet was given to mankind by the Father himself, but man allowed the enemy to take over through their disobedience to his voice and refusal to obey his law. He said, Don't touch, don't taste of the tree of good and evil. They did not listen. Their minds became filled with the twisted knowledge of the enemy, the same knowledge, incidentally, the world prides itself in today. That is why we are told to circumcise our hearts and minds from it, but there are still many deaf ears to his warning. The result is a generation of lawless people that do not even believe in God. Again, the world's churches have not been good examples for the Lord's people either. Second Thessalonians Chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, judgment, will not come unless the fallen away comes first. People leaving the church out of disgust or boredom. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, 
The body of Satan has been brought to light, and the man of sin is Satan through this body of people, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God. Remember, we are the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and that he has conquered the people and gained ownership of all they have. And this is exactly what happens to those who do not believe in God, as the righteous are God's temple and Christ's body, so the lawless are Satan's temple and his body. Verses 8-12 through 12 tells us, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8-12, through 12, And then the lawless one will be revealed. We just did that. It is Satan through his body whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. He will teach end-time knowledge through his body that will destroy the enemy and destroy with the brightness of his coming. As Satan's knowledge destroyed mankind, God's knowledge will restore man and destroy the enemy. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. His body is in power and authority right now, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth. Too busy, caught up in the world's affairs, just as in the days of Noah, to see what is really going on, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God, notice it is God that sends delusion to the unbelievers, will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. The lie there is no God or devil. The lie the world's knowledge is imperative for success. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 shows us indifference to God's will and law was actually the original sin. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, Satan, an angel of light, and a tree of good and evil, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, there is the twisted knowledge, the fruit of the enemy's wisdom. She took of its fruit and ate, swallowed the devil's lies, and broke God's law. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. John chapter 15 verse 5 reveals exactly what Eve turned her back on. I, Jesus, am the vine, what should be wrapped around us. You are the branches, dependent on him for all things. He who abides or lives in me and I in him bears much fruit, love, joy, peace, etc., For without me, you can do nothing. He is our success. Without him, there is only failure and heartache. Our restoration depends on how quickly mankind understands this. But by listening to Satan's logic through the world's knowledge, just like Eve, we too will soon lose faith in God and become brazen enough to break his law. Let us read from Matthew to understand the importance of our belief in God and dependence on Him. Matthew chapter 8 verses 6 through 13 Saying, 
Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. He understood authority of man, so knew the authority of God was much greater. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you, that many will come from east and west, Gentiles, not those of Israel, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, will be born again and end up in God's kingdom in paradise. But the sons of the kingdom, those the kingdom was actually meant for, will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, the fate of the non-believers. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way and pay close attention to what the Lord says here. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. This is law. And his servant was healed that same hour. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us, But without faith it is impossible to please him. Lack of faith means we really don't believe in him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why are we speaking of faith and the importance of belief in God and obedience? Because it is getting so close to the end of time. Scriptures, speaking of the signs of the end and of the age, are coming to fruition, and God's plan of restoration is moving forward. All of mankind is therefore in one of two categories, the body of Christ or the body of Satan, just trying to make sure we understand what is happening. Mark chapter 1 verse 15 tells us, And saying, The time is fulfilled, the time allotted to the enemy, to try to defeat God, and the kingdom of God is at hand. When God says, Enough is enough, repent and believe in the gospel, get on the right side. Mark chapter 16 verse 16 tells us how. He who believes and is baptized, the born-again spirit-filled, according to Acts chapter 2 verse 38, will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned or damned. John chapter 6 verse 47 shares good news. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life, can be eternal. Acts chapter 16 verse 31 So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Your walk, your choices affect the future of your whole family. Mark chapter 9 verse 23 Jesus said to him, If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. Nothing is too hard if we believe.
John chapter 3 verse 36 gives us the bottom line. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides or lives on him. We must believe in God and the devil as well for that matter to fully understand where we are in time today and where we stand as humanity. Those that do not believe are in real darkness. They are both very real. The magnitude or degree of Satan's influence on this planet and all creation on it must be comprehended as well as understanding the power and sovereignty of God who created it all. The fruit of God's existence is the universe He created. It is real. We can see it. The fruit of Satan's is obvious as well. Look how everything has been made inferior through the altered state of all creation. Man, plants, animals are no longer their original kind and no ways near the original perfection. There is nothing perfect anymore. That is Satan's fruit, crossed, grafted, altered in so many ways. Satan has changed everything created after its own kind into something he has altered and could therefore claim as his, including man. Because of the corrupt conduct of Adam and Eve, all things put in their dominion or power to care for were confiscated by the enemy. It will be through the righteousness of the last Adam, Jesus Christ, and his bride that all will be restored. Whose side are we on? Should be the question all humanity asks of themselves. There is no middle ground. Again, we might not believe in either entity, but that does not stop their existence and their effect on our future outcome. Unfortunately, Satan through his body has been operating full speed for quite a while with little resistance from God's people. Because of this complacency, the church has become powerless, its people uninformed. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 tells us, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations! This he has accomplished also. The nations are raging, the world is panicking, and in many ways out of control. Fear and anxiety are causing irrational behavior on the part of the people. There is financial and commercial apprehension resulting in unreasonable thinking, even on the part of the world's leaders. There are those that make up the head of Satan's body, that operate in Satan's power and authority, and according to his plan, however. These are smug and confident, seeing themselves superior to the rest of mankind. You see, Satan is not a little cartoon character with horns and a pitchfork. He is a powerful, glorious creature, having striking beauty and splendor beyond what we can imagine. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 13 You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. His clothes were made of gems, the sardius, topaz, and diamond. Beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created. 
God made him a most elegant, perfect creature. He was given charge of covering and protecting earth and all on it, and equipped and anointed to do so. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 14 says, You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. He was to guide and protect God's government. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17 shows what happened to this glorious creature, how he became wicked and evil. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor, changed truth to a knowledge that promoted lies, and eventually caused man to not believe in God and be unknowingly governed by Him. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. God has released in-time truth to expose the enemy's plan, to control creation, and to keep this planet for his own use and the evil spirits that follow him. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 warns, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. See the danger of not believing? He is very very real. Closing paragraph. As stated before, the day is quickly approaching when the Father will say, Enough is enough. Time is up. Satan and the body of Christ will rise. The body of the last Adam has been chosen and harvested, but dormant, much as was Adam at the creation of man. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God breathed life into him, and man became a living being. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, or his land. You are God's building or house, like our body houses our spirit and soul, so the body of Christ houses Jesus. As God breathed life into Adam, so he will blow life into the last Adam, and the body of Christ will rise in his strength and power. It will then become very apparent who is the real King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, was made live. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, gives life himself to all who believe. Christ, through his body, will restore all creation. Let us end with the following scriptures. Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 16. And behold, look. I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now pay attention to the next verse. Blessed are those who do his commandments, the lawless stand no chance, that they, the righteous, may have the right to the tree of life, to be made whole, completely restored, eternal, and may enter through the gates into the city, New Jerusalem. But outside are dogs, 
evil shepherds, and sorcerers, wizards, ones with evil power, and sexually immoral. Many found guilty of this one today. And murderers, the mass crime we see, and idolaters, anything that takes our mind from God is an idol. And whoever loves and practices a lie, for instance, all those teaching a doctrine they know is wrong or allows it to be taught would fall into this category. I, Jesus, have sent my angel or messenger, depending on the translation, to testify to you these things in the churches. I, Jesus, and the root and the offspring of David, in fulfillment of God's promise to David that his throne would rule forever the bright and morning star, the victor over Satan. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, the darkness of this world and all connected to it, until the day dawns, the day of the Lord, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Does he sit on the throne of your heart? Be it unto you as you believe.